We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Continuing our draft against the Road of His Overtime listeners in the $125 FFPC draft as we chase $200,000 to try and do that we have started this draft sean the famous zero wide receiver strategy is what we've gone with with christian mccaffrey mark andrews ramondre stevenson dallas goddard greg london Jahan dodson quentin johnson and jameson williams so no wide receivers in those opening four rounds followed up with four wide receivers I have a question that i'm going to ask you on jameson williams after this selection but sean we're one pick away since we last picked williams went off the board javante that is then we had bateman Njoku, Rashad, Rashad White, David Montgomery, James Conner, Pacheco. Then Kincaid did go off the board, who we talked about. And following that, it was Zay Jones. And the last pick was Brian Robinson. But Sean, the three wide receivers we touched on in the last part have all lasted true. Who are we looking to take here? I think we're going by the order of the queue, but feel free to, to disagree. This selection here is a lot of fun because it's a real guessing game in terms of who we think might come back to us. All the guys should come back by ADP, but we have Romeo Dobbs, Rondell Moore, Sky Moore, some more good news about Moore this morning. I I would like to get him. I think that Dobbs is going to be kind of the co-wide receiver one for your Packers. You feel comfortable enough with how the Packers are going to move the ball to select him here? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I'm more excited about the Packers offense this year than, than I have been other years. You know, we know some of the, the problems with, um, you know, the, the amount of snaps in the game, the, the rate of play that they're going with. But it might be the exact same this year. But, you know, it's that kind of unknown as to what could Jordan Love do and what could these wide receivers do. And I'm always intrigued with, you know, younger players all playing at the same time. And I'm not expecting this to happen. I'm not expecting them to be the Cincinnati Bengals. But we've seen how, you know, those kind of young players ascending together can really shape an offense. So I, I'm excited about Dobbs. We've seen it kind of in preseason last year. We've seen it at points. And then obviously he did not get the same amount of work when Watson really had his stride at that point of the season. But yeah, I think when we're, when we're going again, and we've talked about this as we go through it, we're building this roster where we have not gone wide receiver early to, to be able to add players like this. And I think really starts to turn things around and, I feel much better. I had the question about Williams, and I'm going to ask you about that now. But 
we had when we were talking about picking him it was a case of would those other wide receivers get through you made the right call Williams was the selection all three of those wide receivers make it back to us that was quite a run when we look at this draft in general in terms of running backs and non-wide receivers going off the board just two wide receivers went between our pick for Williams and then the pick for Dobbs and that was Bateman and Zay Flowers going off the board to the Lamar Jackson drafter which is uh, an interesting way they're they're targeting obviously that Baltimore offense a lot of running backs going though in this this area and it, it kind of to be expected as we talked about the kind of zero RB range but we get heavy running backs through these last two rounds which again helping us if we can see ideally Sean if one of those guys in Rondell Moore or Sky Moore gets pushed down and gets back to us would be would be absolutely delightful here I'm, I'm not confident of it but we'll see what happens the question though on Williams is on a roster like this where you don't have those early wide receivers and there is some question marks then you know around the players that we took in terms of them being young and not established stars in the NFL with Jamison Williams and his suspension that's usually a challenge to, to put that sort of a player onto a, a roster that isn't already deep with wide receiver last year for example DeAndre Hopkins probably fitted that mold as somebody you would target in these kind of rounds to to really round out and have that powerhouse down the the stretch into the playoffs any concerns prior to us getting Dobbs there that you know your fourth wide receiver somebody who can't play for those opening six weeks that's always a pretty big concern I think that teams don't think about the initial playoff advance enough and one of the things that's been really cool about this draft as we look through the teams is that there are so many unique builds and being in a draft like this is very favorable to you because you're going to be able to do some unique things in terms of the types of players that you have together that mix so whichever teams make it out of this individual league i like their chances to move on now part of that is just that we also like what ot listeners are generally doing with their teams but you're going to have a uniqueness element in this group that i like but i think specifically for this season where we've set ourselves up to get some late quarterbacks and then you're moving through this range of picks where you can load up a receiver and the running backs are also falling if we want to get back into that position you have a lot of different outs and so especially with the ffpc format again where we're thinking that we're not going to necessarily need those guys early as much you can take a little bit of a risk but you have to know that you're giving up points and you have to build a team overall that covers that in some way and so i mean right from the beginning this has been a situation where we're more or less saying that we think that desmond ritter and sam howell are going to score like quarterbacks who were taken five or six rounds earlier that's going to save us enough ammunition to load up in these other areas now it could always be a case where even though we kind of have that portion set that we get sniped at those on those guys and then you're in a situation here that looks quite a bit bleaker but the other thing that we do have going is that we don't have a lot of correlation plays with the receivers that we've drafted as they work together but we do have a lot of different late outs at the quarterback position we have four different guys here the only player that we've taken from a team where the quarterback has already gone is quentin johnston and so it, it makes it a little bit more difficult for our plan to get in a lot of trouble because one of the things that we're also betting on is that if romeo dobbs blows up and is maybe even the wide receiver one there in green bay it's because jordan love had a good season and they have an excellent rapport 
So we would be more comfortable selecting Jordan Love on a team with Romeo Dobbs than we would just in general. That same thing is true with Jamison Williams and Jared Goff. I don't really see how Jared Goff can be a good pick anywhere around his ADP unless Williams comes out after his suspension and absolutely lights the world on fire. So I feel a lot more comfortable with Goff on this team than I would in a lot of other ones. Yeah, Goff maybe is going to be somebody who goes a little bit of a range here where we're probably going to target some other players, but I, I do agree with all of what you said there. It's going to give us a, a number of different outs. And, you know, when we're looking at the, I guess, game stacks and, and bring backs and things like that, when we are looking at this FFPC tournament in particular, it is 12 team leagues as you go through those playoff weeks. And it's a case where two teams advance, two teams advance, and then three teams advance. The final is 73 teams in it. So it's not the same as some of the other larger field contests where you're really needing to be very, very unique or heavily leveraged into those teams in, say, week 17, week 16. But you still want to do it where you can. So we'll try and implement some of that as we move forward here. But some easy, cheaper ways potentially to do that as we draft forward. We're one selection away, Sean. The players that have gone in the last couple of picks, uh, P. Ryan, Herbert, Michael Thomas, Zach Charbonnet, Dak Prescott, Anthony Richardson, Alvin Kamara, Damian Harris, Geno Smith, Chiggs Conquo, Odell Beckham. The advantage of all that, Sean, is that means that a minimum of one of Rondell Moore or Sky Moore will get back to us. Feels like they are the, the clear selections here for us as, as options. You did mention Goff. This is the range that Goff goes. The running back option I was going to mention as a potential was Rashad Penny. He goes that one selection before of it of us. So it kind of pushes us even heavier to one of those wide receivers. It does. And I kind of think that Rondell is more likely to come back. I wouldn't Agreed. really expect him to get past the Patrick Mahomes drafter who doesn't bound to already being frustrated at the uh, at not having Chiefs. Yeah. The flip side of that is that with Goddard, you have the Goddard more play together. We don't have Bengals, and yet Sky Moore, if he breaks out, probably has a lot more upside than Rondell Moore if he breaks out. Yeah, and I do think there's a chance that Rondell Moore gets back to us. I think we're in a zone here. We're going to see a lot of tight ends, quarterbacks, and wide receivers go, and Daniel Jones goes one selection later. Um, that is a few times, Sean, so far together that we have drafted Sky Moore. You mentioned when we were talking about you know splitting him and Rice as to which one to go for. Moore has been in that offense for one year already, and that should potentially give him that little bit of an advantage in 2023. You mentioned some good reports that have come out about him recently. What is your kind of... I guess not the op optimistic expectation, but what is your you know, expectation where we see Rondell Moore finish at the, the end of the season? Do you think it's a, a wide receiver 2-3 kind of range that he finishes in? Well, they don't really have a guy, right? Kadarius Tony is always talked up as having all these other parts of his profile that he hasn't demonstrated. They, they have one guy called Travis Kelsey. Right. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Colin, they have Justin Ross. I mean, do you need anybody oh, yeah. beyond that? If we think about the players who are most likely to play, you have Tony, you have MVS, who is just really a shock guy. And then you have a rookie who probably brings more athleticism and more flexibility to the table than Sky Moore does, but he's going to have to go through the same things that Moore went through last year. And I mean, he's an older rookie, which makes it a weird selection from the Chiefs. And yet 
we wouldn't really think that he's the type of prospect. He wasn't this star prospect where you're thinking he's going to go and make a big impact at the very beginning. When you listen to the rhetoric coming out of Chiefs practices right now, it sounds like Sky Moore is the guy and those other players have a lot of work to do. Now, there's still a ton of time for all of that to change. You wouldn't expect the rookies to look great today. And yet, I mean, Sky Moore is another one of these players where we're getting a great price because there was so much disappointment last year. Now, you you have to adjust for the fact that he had the type of season <laughs> where this is a price that is more than justified. But we want to continue to create that upside when we're not having to just pay disproportionately for it. So you look back now again at where we are. We have five second-year wide receivers and a rookie. If you end up very light at receiver and then you sprinkle in a couple of young players you can easily just miss completely and end up with not nearly enough wide receiver points when you start to build it out like this with a full group i mean we can take a miss here in all likelihood i mean the teams that win are likely to stay fairly healthy but you can take a miss you can take an injury the upside that the rest of the players give you is so significant that if we get some hits along with those early players, that's, again, the type of team that's just very, very difficult to deal with. You want to be drafting a team where if your thesis on the players and the structure is right, that you not only win, but you win in a big way. If you're right and have a low ceiling, then you, in many cases, have sort of the, the worst of both worlds because there's no guarantee you're going to be right. But if we are, we want to make sure that we win yeah i agree the other thing that's interesting in this particular roster is if it was a case that you took off you stack him with jameson williams there's always the hope that you know he has just golf as a massive season and then when williams comes back and he is a, a huge season as well but a little bit tricky with the the correlation i guess for again back to those opening six week conversations one of the players that we were probably potentially going to target here sean in this round was going to be Dulcich, if we went tight end again, he's somebody that we like. You mentioned Laporta. He's coming up in that range where it does get interesting as if you could get Goff and Laporta, then you would also have Williams coming back in that little bit later. But we're in a zone here where Rondell Moore may be available to us in two selections time. Goff is right around ADP, but maybe we're able to push it out to see how it goes until that next round, Devin, a chain goes off the board. The other player, Sean, that I would have in the mix here is Sam Laporta. It's kind of like, Rondell Moore, Sam Laporta, and you know, Jared Goff, Jordan Loverkin in this range as well. How are you feeling ahead of this selection? Yeah, I, I like all of those names. I think that we can probably still wait and try and get love later, try and layer some more guys I so. in. I would have liked Antonio Gibson right there, again, to continue to try and push people off of that Howell oh, pick no. later on. But, I mean... Losing a running back never kills you. So we're into this position here. We talked about Rondell Moore and how that would be a fit with Goddard, but Trey McBride is another guy. Colin, I think I'm pretty fired up about Sam Laporta. Would that be? Yeah. So Colin, we are going to push it. We're going to try to get to a three-player build there with the Lions. We do think that because the Amon Ra drafter has Herbert and Prescott that they're less likely to take the plunge. There is another team who could always consider going with Goff empty. The team drafting out of the seventh Ross has 
zero quarterbacks as well. Collins, I'm glancing at the board. I think those are the only two teams that are still at one quarterback. We actually have quite a few rosters. I believe it is six who are already up to two. So one of the things that we talk a lot about in the workshop is that you don't want to wait on quarterback in this format. And that was a revelation or an insight that was much more meaningful when a lot of drafters were still going for late round QB when late round QB was a uh, perceived to be a more viable approach overall. The fact that you needed to be on quarterbacks who were going to score at a meaningful level for you to have dynamic best ball teams was something that came out of Mike Beer's work and the RCE. When you wait on the QB, then it has to be something that you're doing very intentionally to make the rest of your team work. As we discussed a little bit earlier, that's what we're trying to do here, but we want to, be aware of the fact that historically what we're doing right here has had some weaknesses. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One of the things, Sean, I am going to look forward to with this draft is when it's all said and done to work back through some of the decisions made by some of the other rosters. We have a lot of quite interesting, unique builds here with teams that went wide receiver early, then moved on to running back heavy, then into tight end. We have some teams that have a mixture of purely running backs and wide receivers through the opening 11 rounds. That team that you mentioned out of the 11th has gone tight end for the first time in the 11th round with Gerald Everett. So there's a combination of, of different styles and you know our team pretty unique in its own right with the the two running backs in those first three rounds two tight ends in the first four rounds then all wide receivers as we picked up those six names and then sam laporta as that third tight end so i think um yeah very 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 interesting the part i was going to ask you before we did take laporta we were having the the potential conversation around going wide receiver with rondell moore one more time he went off the board at the next selection when we started out obviously with the four non-wide receivers we get into a situation then where we need to bulk up that wide receiver and start to build it up was there a point there when we were at that laporta versus sky more conversation was that a tiebreaker were you thinking at that point you know we are now in true 10 rounds and we have six wide receivers was that the balance you were looking for was there a, a cutoff point there where we would have you know got to too many wide receivers uh, through those 11 rounds probably once you get up to around seven is where 
you can say, you know, let's back off. If you've got a great pick, I think you want to go ahead and make it. I think that Jacoby Myers, someone that we're not really on, but when you look at his profile and the opportunity available for him, for John at the 10th pick, he went a little bit later in that round. That's a nice selection. I think that you get a sense of how much risk there starts to be a little bit later because the turn picks then are a couple of rookies and Marvin Mims and Jonathan Mingo who with Mingo, he could be the immediate wide receiver one for the Panthers, Marvin Mims, a guy that we like, but when you're talking about non first round reality wide receivers going in this range, it gives you a feel of, of how much pressure you're under to get enough players ahead of that. You can take some risks there, but you want those risks to be after you already have the position more or less addressed but yes, I thought that that was a great spot to go back to tight end because we don't know where tight end will get absolutely crazy. But to have three here, I just really like because they're going to be a lot of picks. One of the things that we can see by ADP is that you tend to get a lot of picks in that tight end 30 to tight end 40 range, which it kind of seems a little crazy that those guys would be relevant in a draft. But they do often go, not always obviously, but often go in this type of format and I mean, Colin probably doesn't come as a surprise since they're tied in 30 through 40 that those players, while there's always a chance that one of them hits and becomes a tournament winner, the likelihood that they do much of anything for you is pretty low. Again, we're setting this entire draft up so that if we're right at quarterback, things are going to be extremely positive because when you look at our other selections, I just, I feel really good about this and one of the things about it is that the listeners put so much pressure on us to be in a room like this where things are going well i think it's exciting but again we mentioned at the beginning having the sixth pick is the best spot you can be in in a wide receiver avalanche draft because you have a little bit more of an opportunity to survey the playing field get a sense of what everybody else is doing take some values react to that as opposed to you know, you get closer to the edges, there's a lot of pressure on you. You just don't have a, a good feel for what's going to happen, you know, 22, 23, 24 picks later. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, perfect options. We talked about golf. Golf may get back to us here. That could make it very interesting. We do have Matt, who's drafting after our next selection, uh, picking from the, the fifth spot, who has put in a message that he's he's begging us, Sean, don't steal, take one from him. So I think that's his prime target here at this next selection, uh, take one Thornton, but... Darnell Mooney goes and we are on the clock, Sean. How do you feel about that Jared Goff pick here at this particular point? I think um, I'm very much into it if, if that's something that you're willing to do to pair with now two Lions on this roster. Yeah, there are some interesting names at the other positions. And I mean, I was so excited about Goff last year that more or less worked out. But then once you've hit on it, you get a little bit not reticent or reluctant or anything like that but just we want to remember it's still jared goff right you want to get good prices but i think this is fine we'll take goff this here. is a good price so this is a, a round after adp so I, I think all things considered we, we can't pass it up and we've bet on a couple of his players and uh the chat sean also is uh they, they knew you were filibuster in there uh the chat was in agreement before we made that selection that they thought it was gonna be jared goff so they know what we're trying to do here so we have Goff. We still have Love, Ritter, and Howell as other picks that would fit very nicely. We have a couple of elite tight ends off of high-powered offenses that give us kind of the one-off play that would be perfect for the tournament perspective. 
Colin, we're now kind of back to the fact that even though we started with two running backs in the first three rounds, we just have two. And so we're going to have to look at that as we move through the late rounds. There are a lot of names that we feel pretty comfortable with. So no reason to panic there, but it is just something to keep our eye on, to be aware of, to make sure that we do round the team out. Because even when you have some of these early running backs column, you and I, when we have had success with these teams, they've tended to have a foundation back. And the funny thing last year in the Superflex tournament was that that back ended up being Derrick Henry. Now he missed the most important week, so that wasn't great. But two years ago, Jonathan Taylor, a player we absolutely love. In this draft, we've gambled on both Christian McCaffrey and Ramondre Stevenson. Really, if either one of those guys hit to something of a ceiling outcome and the other one simply didn't get injured <laughs> we'd be pretty excited but we need to bring that back with players like we did in 2021 where that season you had a rashad penny you had a sony michelle you had a devin singletary hit from the end of these drafts we're going to need to make some good selection on our zero rb candidates even though it's obviously not a zero rb draft we got a double anchor we did, and uh, it is going to be interesting. It's going to be, you know, we're going to have to shake off these cobwebs, Sean. We haven't talked running back in, in quite a long time here, so now that to realize we have to draft some more is uh, becoming a bit of a shock to me, but we'll see <laughs> We'll see what happens, and that is all tongue-in-cheek. So we are now through 12 full rounds. We're into round 13. Russell Wilson does come off the board as the next quarterback after Jared Goff. That's at the 1301. Then Curtis Samuel off the board at the 1302. So three selections to be made before our next pick we did have our super flex draft on a couple of weeks back we finished it out with quite a few kind of late round running back targets we may be in similar boat today but this may be a little bit easier with some of the running backs that, that might slide a little bit some running backs though that would be interesting coming up in this next range is kind of roshan johnson we've drafted quite a few times tank bigsby potentially um tajay spears you know some of the the rookie players coming in here but we do have quite a few that we can target as much as I, I love him. Devin Singletary um, down in, down in Houston, I could be, could be challenging, but I still think when we're looking at the upside of some of these plays, he may fit into that mix. We have Dante Foreman in this range as well. How are you feeling? And I, this is a, the theme of the show. I keep asking, how are you feeling? But uh, we do have the option to double up here at quarterback if we wanted and, and take Jordan Love. We can also, continue to push the boat out if we wanted as well at the quarterback position jordan love has an adp that is below this so i think that when we have multiple options there we probably want to let those guys continue to fall the interesting name here is probably bigsby in terms of looking through the value looking through that play off of a guy that we're going to have on a lot of other teams, but we would be getting the kind of injury benefit right here. This is the first kind of truly flat area. I think for me in which there's no clear pick. So any direction you'd like to go, I'm definitely on board with. I, I, would, be, I would be between Bigsby and uh, Love, but as you mentioned, like even some of the players I think that will get drafted, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr by ADP are, are quite a bit ahead of Love here as well. So Kenny Pickett would still be an option. There's lots of quarterback options. So if you want to go with, with Bigsby, I'm good with that. Okay, so we'll select Bigsby. I mean, he, it would be really frustrating if that were the case, but he could end up in almost a pure committee 
with Travis Etienne, one of the most talented backs in the NFL. We didn't get to a Steelers receiver in this draft, so I don't think that Pickett yeah, is agree. one of the guys that we would really be looking at unless he fell and fell and fell and fell. You never know what's going to happen there. One of the Question, interesting... Sean, just on the, the Bigsby pick with uh, Johnson. Roshan Johnson went one selection before. If both are on the, the board there, are you taking Johnson over Bigsby? Yeah. Johnson has a better chance to end up as the true RB1 with Chicago, and we would expect the running backs there to be extremely efficient on a per-carry basis with what Justin Fields brings, where you have the vertical passing, but you have the mobile quarterback to account for Fields on those plays. makes it very difficult for opposing teams to handle the running backs. We got really impressive numbers from Khalil Herbert, in part because of that dynamic in the past and in part because Herbert is obviously good. So you look at that element and I think that he probably, I mean, you could argue fewer things have to happen for him to get to a volume point that you're excited about. And yet Bigsby, not that there aren't other players on that Jacksonville roster who are reasonable names, but Bigsby doesn't have to have that much to happen to have a role right away. He's going to have standalone value. And then if ETN goes down, he could have massive value on a team that we expect to score a lot of points. And you have a quarterback who can run some and they will run a few plays for him, but we don't think that Trevor Lawrence is going to take nearly the chunk out that fields will. I also think there's a possibility that they pass a little bit more to the running backs than they have that portion I mean, you'd love to see that go to ETN, but that's one of the things that people like about Bigsby. So he's got the profile that is a league-winning profile. I think in best ball leagues, you kind of draft some of the standalone value right there and don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah, so we'll see how we move through these next couple of rounds. But I'm uh, I'm starting to get excited, Sean, with how the, the draft is, is playing out overall. With having the two running backs that we take in those opening three rounds paired up with Bigsby, how are we seeing the potential for this board to finish out? We obviously have quite a few selections left to go. We're past the halfway point, though. Three running backs, one quarterback at this point, and the three tight ends, six wide receivers. You mentioned that uh, in the preview show and the strategy show that you know four tight ends is obviously right there where where we kind of want to be having taken two tight ends in those opening four rounds are we still looking at a four tight end approach here in this you know with golf now are we looking at two versus three quarterbacks and and how do we feel about the running back position is it a five running backs that we're, we're looking to employ here yeah i think that we have set this up to where now we can more or less just take the best player available and if Trey McBride is that guy, I certainly wouldn't want to pass on him, especially because you do have that week 17 matchup between the Cardinals and the Eagles. It might seem a little bit odd to think that he would be the player, but we've witnessed some dynamic, athletic, electric tight ends who didn't have much target volume until the very end of the season actually go out there and score down the stretch you've had names like noah fant like mcbride last year score some points in those ranges and with the other receivers that we have there just aren't names that you can really 
force correlation plays with and not have it be more or less a throwaway pick. And so I think that that part of it is appealing. The other thing that we see here, Tajay Spears, Chuba Hubbard, they both go in the interim. Those are names that are being drafted a little bit earlier in part because they're good names. Rotoviz is on them. I expect them to outperform ADP by quite a bit. And I mean, now I'm a little bit regretful of the Bigsby selection because I did think that we would have a possibility to add Spears or Hubbard to this team as the running back four. And preference uh, and a vacuum, I guess, when we say, you know, you're only getting one of those guys. Is there one name out of the three in particular that you're trying to get? Yeah, I would prefer to have Chuba. I think that he can end up as the, I mean, you're probably going to need at least a nagging injury with the contract they've given out to Miles Sanders, but I think that Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard are basically the same player and Chuba's probably a little bit better. Jerome Ford also goes off the board here. So since our selection, and one of the things when we're thinking of a potential love pick, Ross doesn't have any QBs out of the seven yet. He will pick before us. He's the drafter with Christian Watson. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes love right here. Other names that he could be looking at would be a Ron Delmore. One of the things that he did after we passed on love was to select Jaden Reed. Jordan Love is going to come off the board at the 14-6. Very confident of that happening, yeah. Let's wait and see what, what happens here. We're a couple of selections away. I, I do think that that is very much in play. And I think in that instance, if it works out here for Ross and he does that with the Christian Watson pick with Jaden Reed, I think uh, also Aaron Jones in that lineup, I think it's a, a very smart play. If, if, Sean, he does something different, uh, it's love on the board for us. He's not going to do anything different. I'm just asking the question, just hypothetically. Well, the other thing, as we try and prepare, is that there are no tight ends on that roster. And there are a couple of names in Michael Mayer and Trey McBride who are still really interesting. He could decide to go that route. And the Jaden Reed pick is a little bit to push us off of Love. But if you're betting on Love to come back to round 15, which is where he would be at that point, that would be a little tricky. The one element that he does have working for him is that other than us, the other five teams, four of them do have two QBs. Probably with the spending that they've made at QB, they wouldn't go for a third QB at that point. So it really almost comes back to just us again and whether we would pass on love at that next pick. We see Ty Chandler go off at the 14-5. So Colm, we're losing those RB selections that we had recently discussed. We're losing a lot of them in a hurry they are they're they're going very fast since we picked last there has been six running backs off the board and pretty much you know less than a round as there's the next pick to go here before we get back to us so that is a push you mentioned trey mcbride in the tight end position sean if love is not available for us here i think i'm kind of looking into getting trey mcbride as jordan love does go off the board nice nice play there overall by ross and how he's got that first quarterback on his roster paired up with those packers how do you feel about Trey McBride at this point? Or is there a, a running back standing out? I even I mentioned Singletary a while ago. He is somebody who's still available. But is there there anyone standing out? Michael Meyer, as you or Meyer, as you mentioned, also is still available. I think this should be McBride. I I would like to have him on these. We teams. missed out, and I'm on the Superflex draft. I think we we don't want to miss out on him again, do we? Yeah. It, and there's the possibility that it does push the rest of the drafters 
onto names that aren't our QB options later. You'll have teams that will go for more tight ends as as opposed to that third quarterback because they don't have the position covered. I mean, we're in a situation right now where there is a team without a tight end. We have one, two, three, four teams with only one tight end. The discussion after the draft will be interesting again because after the Superflex draft, the participants were saying it had been difficult to get to those tight ends. We didn't really see ADP inflation at the tight end position in this draft, but I do think as participants try and round out their rosters, there is going to be a huge run here. And what we do see, we select McBride, then it's Wandell Robinson and Aaron Rodgers. So the other team that only had one QB, they go for Rodgers there, and that's in round 14. So in these OT drafts, you do have some advantage to waiting on the QBs. Aaron Rodgers, we were talking about the mild value that we got on Jared Goff, but Aaron Rodgers actually has picked one slot ahead of him, and (laughs) he falls to the 14th round here. That is a good value. Whether or not it ends up being something that really works is a separate question, but at least you're valuing or at least you're benefiting from an ADP perspective. Then we get to the turn and I mean, this tight end run is getting pretty extreme. So after Aaron Rodgers, we had Tyler Conklin, then Irv Smith, then Michael Mayer and Jake Ferguson at the turn for a team that now is up to five tight ends. So Eric's team is really interesting. He gets three wide receivers in the first four picks. He pairs that with an elite quarterback. Then he takes five consecutive running backs in the range where the running backs are dropping by ADP, comes back later and has this huge tight end core. Like I said, it's been cool to track how the different participants are attacking this. It also means that we can't count on anything as it relates to ADP down the stretch column. If there are names that we want, we have to go out there and get them. It does help us, though, that we still have a couple of QBs that we can go for. We lose Devin Singletary right there. I was going to make a pitch for him as a possibility. Some of the names that we have in the queue are kind of late names in Chase Brown, Dwayne McBride, Zach Evans. I wouldn't mind getting Travion instead of Chase Brown here. We were sniped on him in one of the recent drafts. Jeff Wilson, Ezekiel Elliott, Raheem Mostert, Kenneth Gainwell, some of the top names by ADP. So really that tight end position is wiped out now. KJ Osborne would be a pick to get that Minnesota play coming back off of our Green Bay exposure. But to me, Osborne is just a very low end kind of pick. Rashid Shahid is very interesting here. Colin, if we don't go that direction, a DJ Chark would be interesting. There are some really late names at wide receiver. Kyler Murray is still here. If we wanted to put him in with a couple of the late QBs that we're going to have, we do have McBride. How, how are you feeling about this pick? There's enough quarterback options if we want to push it. You know, there's obviously Ritter, Howell. There's a lot of guys further down if we want to try and do that. So I'm, I'm good with some of those wide receiver names that you mentioned. Have you a real strong preference on them? I, I kind of don't have a strong preference on any of them. Maybe a Chase Brown here. So we will select Chase Brown. And Chase Brown, someone who does go in round 15. So definitely not a reach on him there. I guess 
that my instinct is still that Travion Williams was a player who should have just generated a lot more interest among NFL teams when he came out of Texas A&M. Even though he didn't, he stuck around for this Cincinnati team is now in the mix in a season where, I mean, a lot of things could still happen with Joe Mixon. So the prices on Brown and Travion Williams, they seem pretty weird. And yet you look at Brown, and even though he fell deep into the draft, he has this profile of having been a workhorse, someone who is extremely athletic and can be a well-rounded type of back for them it's hard not to be excited about exposure to the Cincinnati Bengals through the running back position where I mean, they just create so much value that I like that pick from the tournament perspective. And that's where we're going to leave it, Sean, for this part of the draft. We will come back for the final round. We'll also be doing a recap as we go through the rest of the picks and what has proved to be a very fun, challenging, and I think quite productive draft for us so far here from the 106 we will be back in the next couple of days make sure you are subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed you'll get that as soon as it's available drop us a written interview in your favorite podcast app we would appreciate that greatly if you're signing up at rotaviz.com you want to get a one-year nfl pass to get all the access to all the tools and content use the code rv radio 2023 at checkout my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marlin my co-host as always is sean siegel check his work up on rotaviz.com and until we are back have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast <laughs>